What is up, bros? Anybody care to lax? Welcome back to the crease dive. Today is Memorial Day, May 27th, and the Virginia Cavaliers are your 2019 NCAA men's division one lacrosse national champion. So it went down today, Lincoln Financial Field, the final game of the 2019 college lacrosse season. And Virginia, for the first time since 2011, ending their season with a win. Jake, it's it's come to an end. A little bittersweet, but how are you feeling about that game? It is bittersweet, dude. But um, that game, I don't really know what to think about the game. I think that uh, I, I love it for the Cavs, though. Uh, I think that that was a great game. Um, I did. Did we ever think that we did? We, did we at any point this year discuss the Virginia Cavaliers being in the final? and actually taking home the trophy. No. So that's kind of on us. But at the same time, it was pretty fucking sweet to see them absolutely put it all out there and, you know, defeat the the defending champions. I think that was fucking sweet. I I, I think that they played with a um, you know, I'm going to go into coach mode here. They played in a with a ton of heart. You could totally see it. They laid it all out there. I love that. And you were there. You got to feel it. Yeah. Well, so like that game, I didn't expect a single bit of that. And like, I'm not talking about like the fact that I didn't like, like, it's not like I couldn't see Virginia winning this game. Um, so like, like, like the score, like that's not necessarily like what surprised me. Like I didn't anticipate that, but I'm not like surprised by it either, especially, you know, with, with, uh, you know, how, you know how how much the, those games on Saturday took out of both teams, but what I never would have expected is just the this the way that that game um, you know was played. I mean, it was I was expecting a little bit more just like run and gun. Like both of those offense can you know they can both score like 15 seconds into a shot clock, um, but that game was just it it wasn't even like a like a strategic defensive battle. Like it was just two athletic groups of animals going after it like it was it looked like they turned back the clock went back to like the 80s or some shit like that when you could lay people the fuck out without five million flags being thrown in the air um like there were so many hits in in today's game that in 2019 lacrosse those hits get a flag a hundred times out of a hundred times. It doesn't matter if they're clean or not. As I feel like as soon as refs like hear a hit is too loud, they just throw a flag now because they're all pussies. This game today had like five of those hits, no flags on any of them. Um, so in, in terms of like, uh, you know, a, a game against two really skilled teams, it was a greasy, greasy game. And I loved every bit of that. Yeah, dude, they had everything that you that you wanted. Um, I, I think initially, and this is what my, what my feeling was, was um, the Yale team was pretty spooked by TD not perhaps performing at the level that we all expect TD to perform at. Um, I mean, through the, I mean, but it wasn't even that because he was, you know, he was initially like five for eight, um, you know, within the first quarter into the second quarter. So it, it wasn't even that. It was just that Virginia played so well, like in between the whistles and their defense just absolutely showed up. Um, uh, the goalie was just, I mean, he stood on his head. You know, he, he made a couple just out of this world saves. And, and Yale made so many errors that I just, it was very, very, 
they didn't look like the Yale team that um, that played against Penn State. They absolutely did not. Yeah. Um, so a couple like so like TD, uh, you know, it looked like he was obviously pretty gas, and like that's what happens when when you take forty draws, just like you know, forty eight hours ago. So I mean, Saturday for him was an absolute workload, and then that's twofold there because so Yale. It looks like maybe they wasted all their goals on Saturday. I, I think, you know, you head into Memorial Day weekend with a finite amount of goals in the tank, and it looks like they got rid of the, the bulk of their goals on Saturday um, and didn't save enough for Monday, which also, because they scored so many times on Saturday, it just meant that TD was taking that many more faceoffs. So then here on Memorial Day Monday, um, you know, he already put in a full – he put in like a full like week's workload into one day into one day on Saturday. Um, so then to expect him to come back out and and be that dominant again, um, I mean on on that quick turnaround, pretty tough. Uh, but let let me tell you this though, as as a, a former attackman myself who didn't necessarily show up uh, on, on in in the stat sheets, um, you know I. I didn't show up in the papers the next day, but like if you're a coach watching, you're like, wow, that guy, he rides hard. Like that, that makes a difference. So, as one of those guys, Virginia Lacrosse put on a riding clinic today on Monday. And that's something that, you know, it's not going to make it on the highlight packages. ESPN's not going to talk about it on Sports Center, but Virginia's ride, Virginia between the boxes today, that was the main difference because you're talking about Yale making some mistakes. Because they had so much fucking pressure on them from the dude, Virginia's attack. They are a bunch of fucking pricks. And I say that in like the most endearing way possible because anytime anyone on, on Yale's defense had the ball trying to clear it, they were getting beat to shit. They absolutely were. And even past that uh, short stick defensive midfield at Virginia was absolutely um, just cracking skulls. Uh, every ground ball they fought, they fought Yale on every ground ball. They fought for every fucking inch of the faceoff. You know, you saw them get locked up to, you know, PD LaSala and TD got locked up, you know, two or three times. Um, I mean, but you're right. That ride was absolutely uh, ridiculous. Um, you know, they've, they've been pushing that all year. And, you know, we, the emergence of the 10 man ride in the full court press is really, uh, I mean, it, it can change the game. And you can see how, you can see how important. That was to Virginia's game because they kept the foot on the gas the entire time. You know, they didn't let up a bit and, you know, they, they could have pulled out of the, t you know, yeah, they threw the zone in a little bit later in, in the, uh, in the game, but that zone still a pressure zone. And they were absolutely, absolutely all up in Yale's grill the entire um, time. I was actually looking back um, because yeah, again, we didn't really see Virginia in this game, in, in this game, let alone winning the whole thing. I was actually looking back to see if there had been any preseason um, predictions about uh, about the season, and of course, yeah, everybody had Yale at number one. Um, but this particular article at US uh, US Lacrosse Magazine, so credit to Pat Stevens, um, he had Virginia at five, which I don't even th how I don't even think they rode at five. Uh, in any part of the season, I think they weren't even in the top ten for a lot for for a good bit of it. Um, you know, first 50, 60 percent of the season, maybe towards the end when they went on their, you know, for fifty eleven and one run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, what? Wow. A, whew. 
I mean, that was pretty. That was pretty bold of Mr. Stevens here to throw in Virginia at number five. But like, that's. I mean, that's solid. You know, I got to give credit to him because he 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 uh, he put more faith in the in the um, in Laviano, more Aitken, and Kraus and, and Conrad than um, you know. I think we we initially did, but well, that's the thing. Like, I think everyone knew that Virginia was just loaded with weapons, especially offensively. Um, I don't know if like defensively they anyone would have saw um, Alex Road being the tournament most outstanding player um, in, in between the pipes. Um, but I mean, like, like you said earlier, like he was making some preposterous saves out there today, but yeah, I, I think people just kind of got, uh, you know, kind of sucked into the, those past few years of Virginia lacrosse and those that like transition era between uh, Starja and, and Lars where, you know, they couldn't even get a ACC win for like, three and a half years. So I think everyone knew that they had the talent. They just, um, you know, may- maybe didn't realize that like this was going to be the year that, at, you know, Lars's system finally clicks in. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, you-, you look at that run that they went on to end the year. Well, not even to end the year, but like, so the first three games, they go one and two. And then since then, yeah, 11 and one. Um, and in those games, like so many one goal games, high point, they lost 14-13. Then they beat Princeton 12-11. Syracuse was a one-goal win. Brown was a one-goal win. Uh, I mean, Notre Dame was a two-goal win. You keep going. I mean, you can keep going down. North Carolina two times this year. Those were both one-goal wins. Uh, Maryland in overtime. Duke in overtime. So, like, this is a team that has played in a ton of tight games so far this year. And they managed to win the majority of them, and I like that's that's just like you either got a team with juice and and you come up with those wins, or you got a team that you know a little little mentally weak, and those are the games that usually end up dropping. So like that right there, I feel like that's Lars, like whatever culture he's got going in Virginia now, it's like locked in. You know, and it also begs the question, you know, since since Virginia's defense was, I would not say. Um, what we would consider a a Notre Dame defense or a you know a, a a high caliber defense does defense win championships anymore? Are uh, are we seeing are we seeing a new era where defense does not win championships anymore? Yeah, it's it's hard to say. Well, I'll tell you what, and and you know for a while it was looking like the the new cliche was going to be that faceoffs win championships. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I guess, I guess you just gotta, every, every team has to find themselves a Matt Moore and then, you know, then, then you'll be ending your season with a win. It's it. Hey, I've been, I've been waiting my whole life for, you know, defense to win games, offense wins championships. So I think we're, we're finally in that, in that era. I think we are seeing a good shift into that, into that era. You know, I, you still gotta, I mean, there was just something off about Yale today. Uh, Perhaps, you know, maybe it was the intensity or maybe it was the ad. Maybe they exhausted all of their goals that they had for the tournament. Didn't they set the tournament record in goals? Yeah. Uh, So they had that the first quarter record. um, I I don't know if it's a record or like they it's just like the most since like, I don't know, like however however many years. Um, But yeah, again, like I, I think a lot of it is just. TD taking way too many draws on Saturday. Um, I know that Matt Brandow showed up to the stadium in a boot today, 
because you know, every he got hurt on on Saturday, so like maybe that hurt a little bit, but he was still scoring some goals. I just think I, I really think like like Yale's this team that for the past you know two years, maybe three years now, um, like athleticism has been a, a huge thing for them. Like their strength and conditioning program is insane. It just looked though like like Virginia maybe they were like on par athletically but then they just like flipped the switch into being just certified insane people out there on the field like they were i'm i'm surprised like there wasn't just like foam all over the the carpet there just like they look like they shot themselves up with like rabies or something when they were riding yeah dude virginia played so hard um yale you're right i i you know they they've been playing a lot and you know the guys look kind of tired um you know, and that's not to give credit. That's not to take credit away from Virginia. And I don't want to do that at all because, you know, they earned every goal. They earned every spot. Um, oh yeah, and, and, were, and it's and it's not like their road was was any easier to Monday. No, I mean, if anything, not. it was if anything, yeah, it was probably harder. Um, you know, obviously they both, you know, uh, Yale had to go to overtime with Penn. At, or well, no, it's just a one goal. But uh, yeah, that was in overtime. Um, and then you know. Virginia racking a ton of overtime wins just to get to this point. So like both of them were beating themselves to shit just to get to this point. Um, but it, it looked like, I don't know, Virginia just had like one extra gear and then they, they hit it. They went full send today. Yeah. Everything was dropping. Every single shot that they were, they were putting up was dropping. And, you know, Jack star was doing his absolute best. He was out of position for a couple of them. There was a couple, there were a couple goals where he was, way high, and i and i don't know if he plays a high arc i don't know if that's his thing but like he was way out of position for a couple of these goals where um you know matt moore was uh you know getting to getting topside on his defender and just turning around and and shooting but i mean great game um you know i guess uh the the sickening thing is i i guess i wanted it to be a, a closer game i was expecting like a um you know, I was expecting like another overtime game. To be perfectly honest, I was I was, I was thinking we were going to go down to the wire, like Yale was going to do it, get the comeback and everything. But um, I'm still pleased. I think that I love a good. You know, we all love a good feel good story. Uh, you know, the the choosing your own destiny type shit. Um, it makes for makes for fucking good story, especially with Lars Tiffany and all those guys. And I mean, the horrifying part is Ian Laviano and Matt Moore are back next year. And they're juniors. You know, you got two more years of those guys. Yeah. And, and, but like Yale too. Yale's bringing yeah. a ton of guys back. I mean, Brandell's coming back, Jack Starr, Chris Fake, like all these guys, a lot of these guys are, are coming back. Um, and then a lot of guys at Penn State coming back as well. So, um, you know, parity in college across, it's something that, you know, over the last few years, the gap between some of these teams is getting a little tighter. And, you know, we're seeing, you know, some some new teams make it to the final. So like last year, we had Albany get to the final four for the first time. Uh, this year, we had Penn State making it to the final four for the first time. So like, you know, it's a sport where, you know, it's, it's finally getting to that point where you're going to start to see some new blood in the final four every year. But with how many guys Virginia's returning, with how many guys Penn State's returning, and how many guys Yale's returning, I like. There's a chance we could just end up running it back next year. Absolutely, um, you know, and the burden of pressure becomes uh, the burden of pressure to perform 
in the off season and to stay healthy and strong in the off season is everybody's game now because these guys want to come back equally strong, if not stronger, next year. And then all these these programs that are on the cusp, you know, they've got to rebuild. I mean, Syracuse is losing a good amount of seniors, um, you know, they, they, but they've still got some talent. I think they could they should have been in the conversation way earlier than we gave them credit for. Um, but they're going to be working. I mean, Notre Dame's going to be working. Notre Dame's losing a significant senior class too. Um, but that, I mean, but for a lot of these programs, it doesn't fucking matter because these guys coming off the bench are just as strong and just as good. They're just waiting for their chance, you know, and we've called, we've talked about it all year. Like this, you know, this season was so interesting in that all of these teams were, were, were in the conversation. All of them were very good. Um, you know, outside of the, we, you know, it used to be like out of the top, outside of the top five, it was, ah, he's all right. You know, then it was like, okay, out of the top, outside of the top 10 is like, yeah. But now, you know, the, the top 20, you know, it seems like on any given day, you know, we can, you can have a, you have a high point who can come and knock off a, a perennial powerhouse like a Virginia. And I think that's cool. I think that's, you know, what we've always wanted the game to be. And we're, we're you know, we're, we're, we're getting there. We're, we are there. We have arrived. Yeah. Yeah. Be, like for, for a lot of that season, it seemed like Penn State kind of separated themselves from the pack a little bit. Um, but then, so like they were like a clear one for the majority of the season. But then, like two through like 15, were pretty much interchangeable throughout the season, which, you know, so, you know, kind of like what you just said, like, and that's, I think that that's great for the sport because that just means that that many more games throughout the season are going to matter. Like, you're not going to have too many like, cupcake games on the schedule where people are going to be like, oh, I don't need to watch that one. Like that's just going to be a shit pumping. Um, you know, I could see that one coming a mile away. Like if two through 15 are all interchangeable and then like 16 through like 30 are all, you know, right there as well. Um, like every game is just going to start to mean more. And I think that, you know, I, I think as the sport keeps growing and as more people start watching, like that's huge for it, you know, to have a team like high point where, you know, maybe if an ACC school, like puts a, you know, a team from the SoCon on their schedule five years ago, you're thinking like, Oh, like they're going to have their, their second string guys in there in the start of the second half. No, like now it's just going to be a dog fight for four straight quarters. So I think, um, you know, seeing a team, especially like what High Point was able to do earlier this year, um, is is a great sign for things to come. Yeah, and we're you know we're 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 at the front of it, dude. I think that you know it's only going to get better, and that's what you know. Uh, as cliche as it is, the game is growing. Um, I can tell you one thing is that we one thing that we don't need is more fucking people saying that we should eliminate faceoffs or some dumb shit. Um, it's absolutely just fucking the dumbest thing i've ever heard you know stop changing the face-off rules on these guys it's so fucking hard for them to keep up in for in the first place that like what are you what are, what are you doing you yeah. know and and it's like like you you saw it this weekend like everyone everyone was getting a little antsy about td going off in that first quarter against penn state but then after that first quarter like TD had he had five goals scored against them. He three from Arseri and then two from Petey LaSalle today. Um, so you know, like, yeah, one guy can completely dominate at the faceoff X, but like the other guys, especially when you get to Memorial Day weekend when everyone is good, um, you know, it's a it's an advantage for the other guys as well. So like it it all evens out. Um, you know, I think that it's it's a 
there are a lot of really dumb arguments that that can be had in lacrosse. Um, I, th- I think at this point, everyone just needs to be like, okay, like the sport is at a pretty good place right now. We think we have it pretty much down. Like if there was just one thing that I would change personally, like the only the only thing that I think you need to do for lacrosse that's like not great right now, like maybe a, 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 a reset on the shot clock. Like if you hit the goalie or if you hit the pipe or something, maybe that goes down to 60 instead of a, a fresh 80. That's like the only thing that I can think of though that's like worth having an argument over. The rest of it's just like, no, like this shit is, we got it tight. This The sport is tight right now. No, I, I totally agree. You know, so, you know, the, the um, so I think we could also talk about, you know, this is our first year with the shot clock, you know, like what, what do we think that, you know, that um, added to the game or took away to the game, it took away from the game. Um, I, okay. So it's definitely no coincidence that we had some of the most exciting games um, in, in recent memory uh, this year. So I think it absolutely added value to the game. I was a little bit skeptical to begin with, but I think that it absolutely added value to the game. I was talking with a buddy and, you know, it was kind of karma. Um, you know, Maryland did their thing uh, in the past few years, kind of sat on the, sat on the clock, uh, sat on the ball and, you know, late, late in some of these games to make it to the final four in the past few years. So, you know, they got met with a little bit of karma. Um, but I, I think it's absolutely added to the game. And I think that it's, I, I think it's cool. I don't think we need any more changes though. Like, like they, this is, this is, you know, and they do, you know, they make little tweaks every year, but like, I think we're good right here. Like, the, especially with all of the stuff that's happened this year and all the, like the good, you know, the good games we've had, like we don't need anything more. Like, stop. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think like the shot clock, it, what what I think that we saw this year is it just forced teams and and players to just be like more creative. Like you can't have a game plan anymore where it's like, hey, we're gonna get up by like X amount of goals, and then after that, like we're just gonna get in an open set, toss it around a little bit, and try to kill as much time as we can. Like no, like you gotta keep going the entire time. Um, so you know it forces teams to be more creative with their offenses, and then you know we we saw it a couple times. Um, you know, uh, also in, in the D2 and D3 games, I know, you know, maybe not a lot of people had a chance to be able to watch those since they were only streamed on the NCAA website. Um, but a, a few goals in those games, just guys pretty much throwing up a prayer right at the shot at the end of the shot clock, you know, just trying to get anything on net before the possession just gets killed. Um, and then they ended up dropping. So like it's, you know, there, there are some goals like that where, you know, we wouldn't necessarily get those last year or any year before, because guys didn't have to shoot 80 seconds into a possession. So I like, I, I think that, you know, they're, they're, you know, it, this was like a huge year for lacrosse highlights. And I don't think that the, the shot clock is like the key reason to that. Like, I think like lacrosse players are just getting more skilled, but I do think that it at least plays like a little bit of a role that like guys are like, all right, like I have the green light to go. Cause if I don't go in 80 seconds, it's like, we, we just pissed that possession away. Yeah, dude, this was a huge, a huge year for lacrosse highlights. We had, a, you know, they, they, we there was a ton that made uh, Sports Center top ten. You know, Pat Spencer doing his thing. Um, I, I, I'm very pleased with that. I feel like I saw um, more lacrosse stuff on my timeline, um, you know, on, on social media, and I think that's that's huge. I think that you know that kind of establishes that you know lacrosse isn't just you know it's it's 
it's out there. It's not like a fucking, you know, sport that Brad's and Chad's play. Like it's, you know, it is, but like there, there's, there's more, there's more to it. And I was very pleased with, you know, how much it spread. And I think that, you know, I saw a lot more like high school and middle school highlights and things like that. And I think that's a testament to, you know, how fast it's growing and how, how much exactly like how much talent there is out there, you know, and who knows where we're going to be in three years or five years or 10 years. And, you know, division one could be just loaded. Like top 50 teams are all fucking competitive. That'd be crazy. Yeah. But, and, and like to go along with the highlights, like I feel like, so right now lacrosse is, trying to come up with a way to say it. like we're like transitioning into like a highlight era of lacrosse um mm-hmm. where like like i like i think like right now like that's like especially on the internet like highlights in lacrosse is like where where the the bread is buttered where in years past now like i'm like I feel like it's went from like bro culture to highlight culture. And that's not, I'm not a guy who thinks that the bro culture was necessarily bad for lacrosse. Like I think that, um, you know, I think it, it made it an easy target to make fun of sometimes. Like I, I didn't really, um, you know, like fucking like, com- all right. Yeah. Lacrosse definitely went off the rails a little bit when, you know, uh, equipment was getting called like the Mac daddy gloves and, uh, con, and, and like con con bro chill was like the face of the sport so yeah like like mac daddies and super freaks like it's i'm glad that we moved away from that um but i feel like now like like online like usually like in years past you would see lacrosse on there because some assholes like wearing pastel shorts and crookies and or whatever now when you see the cross online it's like oh shit like that was a fucking sick play right there um you know and that's something that people across the board can appreciate yeah i don't necessarily you know i i don't necessarily hate that you know it the original you know, the origination of a lot of it was was bro culture i think that con pro chill uh sorry dude if you're listening like i bet you are but like the, the I had to grow up with all the all my fucking kids who I was coaching just wearing the most obnoxious, disgusting, uh, ugly shorts I've ever seen in my entire fucking life. So you know, it, it looked like um, you know somebody drank a Seven Eleven Slurpee and just fucking threw up on some white fabric. Uh, that was awful. Not there was cool. like a lot of like like neon <laughs> like neon argyle. Um, oh my god! End my life. Yeah, you know uh, what? We, we we are gonna have to get Combro Chill on the podcast at some point. Joey, I mean, is it, it, it no? It, I cannot deny that his generational impact on the game. I cannot, you know, and I have to respect the fact that he played club. You know, he probably could have played somewhere else, but you know, he chose club and to live the club life. Um, you know, but uh, yeah, Eli, so so we are entering a highlight area highlight era. And there are so many kids that are so fucking talented that they're, they're getting, you know, that airtime. And I mean, it's pretty cool to see, I I have to say. So, yeah, I mean, it, it was looking back on it. Now it was a great year for college lacrosse. I don't know how much of it I would change. Um, you know, I, I think it had a little bit of, of everything that you could add, you know, like we talked about it before it had, you know, a team like high point kind of come in and kind of declare themselves as a, you know, a, a top tier program that d- belongs in the conversation. Um, you know, it had the best players in the nation 
doing best players in the nation thing. You know, guys like Pat Spencer taking over all year. Um, Grant Ament coming back from a foot injury, taking over all year. Uh, Chris Gray, I, I think that, you know, now he's at a point where, you know, he's going to be in that conversation. Um, you know, it'd be nice to see teams like, like Princeton start to piece some things together. It would be nice to like, you know, we talk about the parody and, and how like some of these newer programs can kind of catch up. Um, but there are like traditional programs that have fallen off that, you know, I think that the parody would be nice if they could then like kind of come in, in, in the upswing of that cycle now um, and then be right back in the conversation as well. So, um, you know, I guess some teams a little bit of a disappointing season, but all in all, an incredible year and then capped off with an incredible weekend. I mean, the, the atmosphere at Lincoln financial field this weekend, um, you know, at 30 close to like 35,000, maybe on Saturday over 18,000 for Sunday for the D two and D three national championships. Shout out to the Cabrini fan base for that one. Um, and then today, like another 32,000 people there. Um, and then just going nuts for some, blue collar, greasy, greasy lacrosse between Virginia and Yale. So yeah, uh, great, great year for college lacrosse. Yeah, it really was a great year for college lacrosse. And, uh, you know, you gotta, um, you gotta place some sort of importance on these recruiting classes that are coming up. You know, we've seen how much difference, you know, a freshman can make, you know, on a team, you know, the Kyle Longs, um, the, uh, oh, the army kid, I'm going to lose it. Nick uh, Nick turn, Brandon, Nick turn. Like you can, you, you can see how much of an impact a simple freshman, uh, the young, the young guns can make on the game. So, um, I mean, there's always that to look forward to. Uh, I'm sure that the, the class of, of 2019 is, um, certainly stacked. I think they're all stacked, uh, even harder than the year before. Um, so we'll see, man, we, you know, look going forward, we've got the PLL to enjoy the summer and then, you know, um, some fall scrimmages and we'll be back at it before we know it, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, I, I think again, lacrosse is just in a really great spot right now where I think like there are a whole lot more really, really, really talented high school lacrosse players. Like there are way more really talented players than there are spots at the D one level, um, you know, which is difficult for some of those kids, but it's like great for the sport because it means that all these teams uh, or, you know, at least the top 30 um, all have a chance to, to get some kids in there that are just absolutely filthy and can turn the program around. So uh, future should, should be great. Um, but yeah, just a, a great game on Memorial day, always the best weekend of the year. And, you know, this one lived up to all the hype. What more can you ask for, dude? Uh, yeah, a little bit more sleep. It, it was, it was, it was a long weekend. <laughs> you get, hey, but you're dedicated to the content. You're dedicated. You're dedicated to the game, man. We saw the Instagram lives. We saw you getting down there with Handsome Dan and really, really getting down there into and finding uh, the important players on was, the team. That was the that was the toughest part of today. Is um, you know, so as Virginia was was celebrating with their trophy watching handsome Dan walk back to the locker room that kind of broke my heart. He, he, uh, you know, he, he's a dog, so he might not understand the full impact of, of what happened today, but you could, you could tell that he knew that everyone else was sad. So he was just playing off of their energy and, and he was feeling a little down on himself too. That was, that was a tough scene to watch. 
you know, you guys, you guys can't see this right now, but we're both absolutely just shaking our heads because we, we feel for, for handsome Dan, you know, especially being one of the most important players on the Yale team. Um, one know, of the most important a, players in the country. I, you're right. One of the most important players of the country, just a generational talent. Uh, I, I, you, you can't say anything. You can't say anything less about it. I've never heard a bad thing said about handsome Dan, you know, believe it or not. Yeah. So I'm sure we could scour the internet a little bit. And someone who's hey, bitching about maybe there's some, someone who's there's Cornell guys. Yeah. Yeah. There's Cornell guys. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but yeah, so that right there, that is the 2019 college lacrosse season. It started on February 1st with Utah versus Vermont and it ended Memorial day with the Virginia Cavaliers getting their first natty championship since 2011 over the reigning champs, the Yale Bulldogs. Um, just real quick before we end things, I uh, just want to give a, a real big thank you to anyone who was, uh, you know, at at Lincoln Financial Field this weekend who stopped by to say hi and, and that they appreciate the podcast. Um, you know, we appreciate all you guys for listening along all year. Um, you know, we, uh, you know, we we love we we love talking about lacrosse anyway. Um, so we would probably do it just regardless, but it means even more uh, when you guys listen and then you know let us know that you appreciate it. So that's pretty awesome. Also anyone, you know, who wasn't at Lincoln financial field, but like still tweeted in or, or commented and shit like that, that they appreciate what we do. Um, so, you know, we, we appreciate that even more. I appreciate you guys having, you know, I, I, I never thought that I would be uh, co-hosting this, in, this entire season. So, um, you know, shout out to everybody, all the new listeners, old listeners. Uh, thank you guys for having, for believing in me and my talents to be on the pod uh, and my Stephen A. Smith takes. Um, you went 100% this year. That's right. I went 100% this year and especially through the tournament. You know, I called this one at the end. So, you know, not a big deal or anything. But, you know, when I get picked up by ESPN, maybe I'll, you know, have you on sometime or something like that. Who knows? Yeah. Maybe just uh, toss me in a commercial or something. I mean, you've, you've got the face and the hair for it, so what more can you ask for? <laughs> uh, well, uh, you know, I hope everyone enjoyed the weekend, but there's still plenty more lacrosse to come this summer. Um, you know, so whether it's watching PLL or whether you're playing in a, in a men's league this summer, just remember, we're always keeping it low to high she doesn't through the day dreams. we die. We out. Hair is always a mess. If cats are stealing, she won't confess. She's beautiful, smokes a pack a day, you can wait, that's me, but anyway, she doesn't care a thing about that, hey, she thinks I'm beautiful, meet Virginia. She never compromises. Loves babies and surprises Wears high heels when she exercises Ain't that beautiful Meet Virginia
from the president Meet Virginia Can't wait to meet Virginia, yeah. 